Well, friends, we've got some questions from the last couple of weeks, and uh, there are five in all, and some of them are about the passage from last week. And uh, the first question is this, how did Ananias know that Jesus appeared to Saul since Jesus didn't tell him? Uh, Well, I think it was quite simple because Ananias would have been around when Saul went to Damascus. You know, Paul was heading off to Damascus and then he had the experience of meeting Jesus where he was converted and then commissioned. And then we read in the Bible that he spent some time afterwards. Uh, and he was in there in Damascus with them. And at that point there, it would be sure that, that Saul would have been saying, you're never going to believe what happened. And Ananias and the rest of those in the, uh, the church community would have heard that and had been quite um, astounded by it all. Uh, the, question, the second question is this. If we met Jesus like Saul did, then would we gain the authority to write scripture? So in other words, if you happen to have an experience like him, then uh, would you want to be, uh, would you be able to write the Bible yourself? Well, um, the Bible's written, um, thanks for asking. Uh, uh, we don't expect that God needs to act, add anything further to the scriptures at all. Um, we've got those and they're closed. But it is an interesting thing because in, this, in the New Testament, the authority to be able to uh, create the scriptures under God by the Holy Spirit was actually something that came uh, to those who had met Jesus. And so Paul, had he met Jesus? Yes, he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And that gave him that qualification to do so. So if you happen to be the one who would meet Jesus on the road to Kiama or something like that, doesn't mean you can suddenly start writing the Bible, um, but it does mean that obviously you've had an incredible experience with Jesus. But the Bible is closed Question three, are modern healing miracles from God? And if so, why don't we practice them? Well, uh, as I've said before, um, I think that the, uh, the events that we read about in the book of Acts are very, very special. They're unique. They're one-off events that kick-started the church. So, for example, the resurrection of Jesus, that was amazing. But we don't expect the resurrection of Jesus to keep happening. It was a one-off event. Uh, likewise, when Pentecost came and we had the incredible, the, the tongues came down and everything on the temple steps, that was a one-off. Uh, and the, there are other one-offs as well that we see throughout this time of the book of Acts. And having said that, does God heal today? Yes, of course he does. We hear many stories of people where they, they turn up to the doctors for a checkup and they say, I, don't, I cannot explain what has happened, but you no longer have cancer. And, and the stories continue. We hear stories of that. And we pray to God that he would do those kinds of healings. Um, but do we see the sorts of healings that we saw from the hand of Jesus when he was walking around or from the hand of the apostles through whom Jesus was healing? I don't think so. Today we're going to see two remarkable ones. We're going to see a man who was unable to get out of bed for eight years because he was completely paralysed spring out up into life. And a woman who was so dead that they in fact went and got the burial people to start washing her body come back to life. Uh, They are fairly extraordinary miracles that we don't see in that way today. And so with this in mind, it's as though God's saying, we, you don't need those anymore. You have my powerful word and the Holy Spirit will use the word to bring life and change to people. And so we need to rely on his word. Uh, the way that we're going to grow our church so that we can pay for the budget is not by me going around and uh, going down to stand craps and bringing everybody to life um, who are in the, in the 
funeral home. Uh, that's not going to happen for so many reasons. I can't even don't even know where to start. The way in which we grow the church to the glory of God is by preaching his word. Question four. Does God the Father love Jesus or people more? Uh, it's a bit like <laughs> say, one of the kids saying, which, uh, Mum and Dad, which of the kids do you love the most? It's like, oh, well, uh, don't ask that question. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> uh, clearly, we, we have the greatest picture of love in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They love each other perfectly. If you want to see a, the most perfect relationship, that is it. The Father perfectly loves the Son and the Spirit. The Son loves the Father and the Spirit. The Spirit loves the Father and the Son. This perfect love together. How do we fit into all of that? Well, the way that God shows that great love is, in fact, by loving us. So we are part of the love. Uh, God didn't need us. It wasn't like he was needy, so he created humans. But he created the universe so that he'd be able to broadcast the glory of God. And we are swept up in that by the great love of the Father for us, by sending his Son to die for us. That actually, that powerful love brings greater love and greater glory to the, the Father and the Son by the Spirit. And finally, question five, how can we reconcile Genesis 1 to 11 with modern day science? It's a big question. But let me say that the, the simple answer is that the Bible, those bits of the Bible were written a long, long time ago. And the smartest scientists around had no idea of the stuff that we know today and the Bible made sense to them back then, and it makes sense to us today as well. So how does it fit in? Well, it's because the kinds of information that God gives us in Genesis 1-11, to the opening chapters of the Bible about creation and things like that, tells us the stuff that scientists can't work out. And that is, where did we come from? Why is the earth like it is? Why are people like they are? God who is out there, does he love us? Does he hate us? How, does he, how do we know that? You see, the smartest scientist is dumb compared to a four-year-old with a Bible who can understand how, why God created the world and how he did it with his voice and how much he loves us. And so they answer different kinds of questions. They are hand in glove. Scientists look at stuff and explain stuff and create theories to work out how they can join the dots. Uh, we actually have a perspective on the whole universe that comes from the mouth of the one who made it. And that's why the two can fit together.